major thing for us that we learned keeping the peace in a relationship does not mean your relationship is doing well. Uh, there's this tendency to want to avoid conflict or avoid fighting or avoid sharing something you know might be uncomfortable. And we were both miserable when we were in peacekeeping mode. And so we are so much more honest and open with each other and learning to live with just a little bit of uncomfortableness has enabled us to connect to each other on a deeper level. It's more fun. Um, and you never feel like you're walking on eggshells around your partner. So that sort of deep level of honesty and acceptance, I think is beautiful in our relationship. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Well, welcome to episode 147. We're Finn and Emma, and today we are talking with Sophie and Brandon. Right? Don't look at me like that. I can look at you however <laughs> I want to. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, and you know we say this all the time, but this is truly an amazing Story, discussion. As yeah, always, discussion. So, they've been uh, married for four years, open for most of them. Mm -hmm. They're both in their second marriages, and honestly, like the way that they have navigated through this and the way that they discuss this is incredible. Powerful. Um, it, it hasn't been an easy road, but I think. Like hearing the way that they talk through and discuss this is super powerful, as as you said. So we're yeah. really, really excited about this. And thank you to both of you, Sophie and Brandon, for sharing your story with us. And reaching out yeah. in the first place. Absolutely. Okay, a few quick announcements as normal. Our first one is... If you're listening to this on September 30th, the day it comes out, tonight is our next Patreon Q&A. We have one at 9 p.m. Eastern and again at 9 p.m. Pacific. And if you miss this one, don't worry, there'll be another one in October. Yeah, and if you're not familiar, what Emma's talking about is Patreon is a platform used to help support creators all over the globe. And we have grown a community there, over 100 strong, and it's just a great community, honestly. We do these, we do various different things. So if you want to learn more about that, head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and just click on the Patreon tab or the community tab, either one, and you can learn about all of the amazing things we're doing. So thank you to all of you amazing Patreon supporters. And uh, we're excited to see you tonight. We're excited to see you tonight. The, yes. the last really quick thing I want to say about Patreon is that we also do a women's call and a woman's group is part of that. And our next call is going to be on October 14th. So I just wanted to throw that date out there and for anyone who's planning on attending. Yeah. Uh, we do also do some meet and greet stuff. We're not going to talk very much about it because actually Sophie and Brandon brag about it for us in the episode, but we will just say that the date for the next one is October 16th. Those are super awesome and they are $10. Just to be clear. They're open to everybody. Yeah, they're separate from our Patreon group. So they're open to everyone, just $10 to join. And again, right. more information on our website. Yep, under the meet and greet tab. Yeah. And then we just wanted to say a quick, huge thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Alt Playground. Emma, who is Alt Playground? Alt Playground is a sexy and fun dating website to go meet other people. 
open-minded. Open-minded, non-monogamous, exploring types. You don't have to be, but you got to be open-minded. You got to be open-minded for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. We use it and we have met some pretty cool people on there as well, virtually for now. Hey, speaking of meeting them virtually, they have a way you can do video chat. Yes, they have a really cool video chat feature and you don't have to worry about getting your account shut down like Zoom. If you're, well, be <laughs> a little more being, specific. If, if you're, you're being, being explicit. explicit yeah. That's I should say. We yes. don't do that. I cover everything all the time, but I've heard other people do if and you, have had issues. Exactly. If you want an explicit video chat, this is a great way to do it. And it is safe and secure. They take a lot of steps to keep uh, everybody's privacy and information secure. So check them out. Head over to our website or just go straight to their website, altplayground.net to learn more, sign up, check it out and get get video chatting explicitly. Yeah. And if you're thinking about going to meet people in person again, one thing you know that we stress on the show is the importance of sexual health and safety. One piece of that is knowing your STI status. We do this by using stdcheck.com. It is a super easy and secure, discreet way to get tested for STIs. And you can use the links on our webpage for $10 off your panel and also supports the show. Yep. And we're not going to talk too much more about it here because Sophie and Brandon plug it in the episode, but head over to normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the resources tab, and you will see all of the information on how to use the service. And again, we love it and we think you will as well. Yes. And with that, uh, we're going to jump into the episode here. A couple of quick things about this transition. It's going to start with Emma laughing. Always. We can't tell you what we were laughing about because we don't really remember. We don't remember. <laughs> and, and well, because it got edited out. So I do kind of remember, but it was funny. So if you want to be part of it, you start laughing now. Like last week. Yeah, just like last Similar week. Yeah, last just week. start laughing and we're going to just roll right into it. Ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim, yeah. As you'll see, a theme throughout the episode. So start laughing now, and we'll see you in the outro. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Well, ready? Ready. Well, welcome so much. Welcome so much. Welcome so much. Welcome so So much. much No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, welcome Sophie and Brandon to the show. We're super excited that you're here tonight, and we can't wait to learn a little bit more about you. Maybe can we start there? Who are Sophie and Brandon? Sure. So I'm Sophie. I'm 36. We are married. We've been married almost four years. Uh, this is a second marriage for both of us. I uh, consider myself bisexual or some sort of multisexual. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like bisexual, but I certainly like more than one gender. Um, I like a lot of people. I'm person sexual. <laughs> Person, people section. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we've been married about four years, been officially intentionally non monogamous for about three years. Uh, no kids. Who are you? And I'm Brandon. I'm uh, 37, and we're from the upper Midwest. And uh, yeah, we're, we've uh, been non monogamous for intentionally for about three years, um, doing the work to make it work. Instead of all the accidental non-monogamy that I was going to say, I was going to say, you've said it twice now that you're intentionally non-monogamous. So that leads us to believe there was some unintentional non-monogamy that crept in, that crept in. And maybe do you mind taking us back in time 
maybe even before that too, either of you, had you explored this in previous relationships, previous marriages before you came together? Yeah, I had not. I had dated, dated multiple people at the same time, but very casually. And I, you know, dated a woman in, in college, but my first marriage was strictly monogamous. And, uh, but towards the end of that marriage, I did see if he was interested in opening it up in any way. And he was not, but uh, so I was not. And we talked about it at the beginning of our relationship, but it wasn't anything we did on purpose early on. How about you? Uh, I had a little bit of experience with a previous partner, but it was one of those situations that you can be a warning or an example to people. And I think that the way we went about it was a warning because we didn't do a lot of the communication and uh, the things that are necessary to make it work. And so it kind of blew up in our face. And so that made me a little gun shy when we started to uh, be in some of the situations that were going to lead us down that path. Cause I definitely didn't want to have that blow up in my face again. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you say is you had some non-monogamy done to you. Yeah. I say I was an unwilling participant in non-monogamy as it was done towards me. So in the form of infidelity. And so uh, that was also a piece of the puzzle that I've had to deal with, with regards to having a partner with other people and uh, some of the inner work that has to get done with that. Mm -hmm. Right. So the accidental stuff at the beginning of our relationship was fun and terrifying and it it would look like my friend would come over and we would have just a little bit too much to drink and we would start kissing and then all three of us would end up in bed together and we were so bad at non-monogamy we didn't talk about it with her we didn't talk about it with each other it was like this thing that would happen these flukes and then we would maybe fight or maybe pretend like nothing ever happened. And it was bad. We were not good at it. We were not doing it right. And my friend and I had to have a one of those big conversations at one point because we were all ignoring it so hard that it just had to come to light. And so we agreed to not do that anymore and just go back to being friends. And we're still excellent friends. Um, but that would happen... Over and over. Oh, maybe maybe we should say one of the first times we went out in, in a group of friends before we started dating, we found out that over the course of the night, we kissed the same girl independently. And Brandon <laughs> and I weren't dating at yet. The, <laughs> yeah, at the bar. So that was, uh, we all got in our, our bus that we'd all taken to the place and we we're all sharing our stories. And this is a very particular person that everybody kind of knew. Um, since she stood out because she's wearing snow pants, she's at wearing the bar. snow pants at the bar. So that should tell you what <laughs> part of the country we're in. Um, and so, yeah, we were talking about snow pants girl and, uh, she was like, yeah, I kissed her. And I was like, I just kissed her. Yeah. And so that was kind of our little inside joke that <laughs> well, Sharon since the beginning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Even the so, first night we got together, like I had kissed hmm, dozens of people beforehand and you had kissed somebody beforehand, but it didn't matter. So you two were both fairly exploratory, adventurous sexually and not like not in a negative way. I'm not like 
trying to like bash no, you for she's anything, but, yeah. <laughs> but in the, but in the best way possible. Of right. Course. right. So this, this conversation, when it came up between the two of you, I guess you, you started having these accidental threesomes with your roommate. When you shut that down, what happened between the two of you? Did you just not talk about it or when did, like, how did it transition back into, like, a conversation that was... Well, and to be clear, like, when you first started dating, there was no conversation about it whatsoever. And so, like, these accidental things had happened, and then you shut it down and then move forward. Like, that's correct? Yeah, yeah. So, this sounds a little disjointed. So, these things would pop up and happen, but we... You're right. We were not having the conversation about the possibility of non-monogamy or open relationships. These were just one-off things that happened. When I found out about his past with a previous partner, I was in awe. I wanted to hear all the stories and I secretly really enjoyed that it always ended up in a huge fight for them because it was like a clear boundary for our relationship. Then like there's danger over there, whatever, if we, if we go that way, it cannot be done in the same way that you guys did it before. But Within like a week of dating, we took one of those online quizzes where you each take a quiz and then it sends your results to each other if you both say you're into the same things. And I distinctly remember threesomes and things like that being on there. And we had both marked that we would be interested in that, but we still didn't have a conversation about it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and maybe just if you're willing to talk a little bit about it, Brandon, like the so Sophie referenced that like she knew how not to approach it. Was there something very distinct about, or some very like warning, some good warning signs that like, if we want to try this, here's how not to do it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's worth, um, you know, a lot of the things that we see people doing and that we did was like, you're, you're trying to simultaneously open up, but may, but have these really, really almost impossible uh, boundaries and some things that you, some things you can't predict, some things you can't control, and to tr try and control all those things is really a recipe for disaster. And to not talk about what the negative sides of it could be. So what happens if one person gets uncomfortable? What happens when one person um, gets jealous? So we had an instance, uh, myself and a former partner, where um, she got really overwhelmed and she didn't know how to do it. She didn't know how to deal with it or we didn't talk about what, you know, a safe word or anything like that. And so she imploded and, and we had to basically leave this uh, get together in a huff and it was all because we just never talked about, you know, we were in an instance where we were separated from each other and then someone was coming on to someone else and then someone else came back. And so it's a lot of those things. And I think part of the benefit of talking about it is you get to, it's like war games, you know, you're planning like, here's all the possible scenarios that could happen. And if this happens, like, this is what we might do. And if this happens, this is what we might do. And, so that really helped to do a lot of that yeah. talking beforehand. Cause when we get to that point, you're like, okay, we planned for this. And I, I would say the red flags that I heard from your stories were way too much drinking left everybody kind of volatile. And like he said, really rigid rules. 
if you try to say you can only touch other people in this way or relate to other people in this way, or I can do this, but I don't want you doing that same thing without talking about all the whys and the emotions and things behind it, you are leaving just a minefield and nobody's having fun when you're trying to step around all of those potential uh, explosions. That's what I heard. I was like, Oh God, you can't have too many rules. You can't try to tell your other partner or control the third party or the, the third or fourth people. If you're bringing them in, if you try to say, you have to relate to this unknown person in only this certain way. You are not considering those extra people as people. You're just saying they're a, they're a pawn in your yeah. game. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Accessory. Well, uh, and it's and it's you know you talked a little bit about the like we had a the, the war games analogy, but it's it's almost like a flow chart. Like, all right, if person A touches person B like this, then you go to this next step. If they touched them like this, you branch over and you and you yeah. have all of these flow charts. But the problem is. If somebody, yeah, if somebody doesn't touch or say or do one of the things in the flow chart and there's not a, there's not a result for that, the whole system falls apart. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like that was where you got into, which was like, we've thought through every scenario possible and you missed one. And that was the one that happened. And that's when the system broke down. Right. Yeah. And okay. Well, and if we know anything about people that you're going to miss one. (laughs) Yeah, and everyone's unpredictable, and and you didn't factor again. You could make all of your plans right, but you didn't you didn't necessarily factor in how are they going to react, how are these other people going to react, and it's impossible to do. Oh yeah, you can't do that. So, well, so how did you two come back to it and start to approach it again after the the accidental threesomes, which it sounds like more or less went off without a hitch, other than you didn't talk about them a little bit of drinking and and pretending it wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say there was one other step I think that was important. That's kind of mine to own up to, which was I, when we were still engaged before we got married, I, um, was the unfaithful one in the relationship and I stepped outside the relationship, which just sort of destroyed our relationship as we knew it and sent us into therapy. It was kind of dangerous spot for our relationship you know we could have easily not come through that and it was because we weren't communicating and I made a big mistake and we had to start over from there and I would say after that after we got through therapy in the initial sort of emergency period that's when we actually started having some decent conversations about well wait a second what do we want our relationship to look like yeah, we learned about a lot of things uh, like meta emotions. So I know like jealousy is a big topic within the community and how jealousy, it, it's not necessarily jealousy itself. Like there's usually something beyond that, like a fear or an insecurity. And so learning about all these like higher level communication topics, we're able to talk about what we wanted, what we hope to get out of the relationship, to be an active listener with your partner and to you know, understand what they're trying to say without just holding your breath, waiting to respond. And so that really gave us some space to, to, yeah, to rebuild it. And, and the sexual piece was always there. We just had to figure out how to reincorporate it and learning about, you know, why that happened with her is that, you know, we weren't communicating well and she was feeling some neglect. And so uh, for me, it was like, 
I had been cheated on in previous relationships. And so like that had always been kind of like a, a scarlet letter for me, for myself, but me able to go through this and like go through the hard part and realize that it didn't have anything to do with the actual, the other person or anything else. Like we're able to understand the bigger issues. And so that's been like huge for us within our whole journey here. It's the bigger issues uh, beyond like the immediate reactions that we have. Yeah. I think fundamentally we both agree that we would like to be in a place where we could sleep with other people that, you know, after that we, we agree that that was probable and possible and, we started to, yeah, like he said, actually listen to each other and accept what the other person was saying. And then realizing that we could say things and there wasn't this horrible reaction on our partner's side. That was really, really big. So that the, how we actually started getting back into this intentionally then was uh, for our one year wedding anniversary. I threw out to my girlfriends that I was thinking about planning a threesome for our one year wedding anniversary and uh, intentional intentionally (laughs) planning and talking about it and uh, one of my friends sent me a a text and said hey if you are serious about that I would be down my husband's interested in the thought of me with other people Um, so if you're serious let's do it so we we planned it and talked about it beforehand extensively talked about it. Yeah, I didn't want to surprise. Only it. I didn't want that to was going to be my question because you, you're coming off of the off of the fidelity and then you're like, I'm going to, I think the best road to recovery here is a surprise <laughs> for my husband. Yeah. Yeah, I, I debated making it a surprise and I was like, oh, wait, I remember minefield. Maybe we, we disarm some of those beforehand. Hey, it's still a surprise. It just the surprise doesn't happen on the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Which turned out to be a really good idea for your anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did that go? It went really well. Amazing. It went really well. Yeah. And we're still friends with them to this day. So there wasn't some big blow up between us. There wasn't some big blow up between the other people. And so like that was, it was somebody we knew. They were already consensual. We talked about it beforehand. We talked about it afterwards. And so like there's this whole different dynamic that, happened pre, during, and, 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 and post, which made it like a way different experience. And it gave us like a big breath of fresh air to that. And the All right, we fun. can do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, not to, to maybe not dwell on it, but I think the, the infidelity piece is like, that's a huge, like that's a huge thing for somebody to overcome in a relationship. And, and you're by far not the first people we've talked to that have overcome that obstacle and then wound up in an, in some type of non-monogamous relationship. And I guess if you'd be willing to talk a little more about like you, you know, coming through that, you know, disclosing it to, to, to Brandon and then Brandon, like being able to reconcile that back around when, she, when she brings up like, Hey, I now want to have a threesome or I'm interested in sex outside our marriage again. Like that could be very, triggering and pulling back on all of those like things that you had just worked through anxiety, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the deception side of it. And and yeah. you mentioned your anxiety as well. And I can't imagine that didn't play in very easily either. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was tough, but I think, you know, the thing that, um, 
I guess helped me out the most was realizing like 98% of it had zero to do with the sex piece of it. And really with a lot of this, a lot of it doesn't have to do with the sex part. You know, you go to a party and everything else, like, what do you, you know, if you're lucky, you're getting it on for, you know, 20 minutes or an hour. But if you're at a five hour party, most of your time is, uh, is not doing that. So I was, I was waiting to see how long you were going to say the sex was lasting for out of a (laughs) night out. I had to think of like, what's long enough to make it sound cool. Plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Not short enough to say, uh, I'm not ever going to approach them. <laughs> this is worth my time. Yeah. It lasts six to seven seconds out of the whole night, and you're six done. Six seconds to 18 hours, somewhere in that range. <laughs> just shake the Yahtzee dice, and that's what we do. It's a good range. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and maybe what you were saying, too, about the, when you said originally it wasn't about the sex, being that, like, your issue with the infidelity wasn't, it wasn't that she had sex with somebody else. It was the the lie the deception the fact that the secrecy but like the act itself wasn't the problem because you had done that before together you you know whether it was a man or a woman or whatever person it was yeah it it wasn't the act itself it was the everything behind it yeah we'd already had a i mean part of the undoing of monogamy is realizing that like your partner is not the only thing in your world that gives you everything you need and it's impossible to ask of one person for them to give you everything you need yeah and if you you know it's if it's not the end of the world and so if something like that happens like that background has really served us because now if we do have a misstep or one of us makes a mistake or something that's you know not on our flow chart we know that like it's not the end of the world. And in monogamy, it's like, if your partner cheats on you, like that's that since you're bound at the hip, like that's a reflection of who you are as a person. And, uh, we've, we've been trying to like peel off some of those layers of like the expectations of self and partner. And I think that just peeled off a lot of layers (laughs) at once. But to Finn's point, you know, we wouldn't have survived that probably if it, if I hadn't, owned up to it instantly because it was more about honesty and betrayal and those big ideas in a relationship. So if it had been something ongoing that I was hiding, I'm, I'm not sure that we would have been able to survive that. It would have been a lot harder. Yeah. Let's not find out. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> deal deal yeah well then, now there's no reason to hide it right and yeah and i yeah. guess maybe the so you have the birthday threesome the the pseudo anniversary the anniversary pseudo surprise yeah. threesome yeah how do things develop from there oh that's where it gets interesting <laughs> so yeah we we talked about uh, uh how to get into non-monogamy and we weren't sure and we I didn't necessarily want to go back to those old resources because I felt like I needed to start fresh with her. And, um, we weren't on any websites. We weren't on anything. And we'd actually, um, gone and stayed at a resort in Mexico that happened to be right next door to desire. And we did not know it. So it's, uh, excellence. If there's anybody from excellence, we will take any sort of, uh, 
plug that you want to give us. Um, <laughs> but we were there and we walked past and we were like, what is that? And we would look inside and we would see people on the cabanas outside and on the hammocks. And then we met a couple who every year they went and stayed the first half at the resort we were at because it was better food and, and the service they thought was better. And they, they thought it was just like a nicer all around resort. And then they spend the last half of their vacation over at Desire. And so we got to just sit down at the swim up bar with them and uh, yeah. spend the entire day with them. And they talked to us about it and um, plied us with tequila. <laughs> yeah. So we had, so when, before we went on this vacation, we had packed these itty bitty bitty. So this vacation <laughs> took place way before our, we got married or anything. And one day during this vacation, we had planned to wear these tiny little uh, swimsuits. And so when we were in the course of talking to this couple, at one point we went and changed into our micro swimsuits and felt like we were getting crazy and wild and ended up in the hot tub with them that night. And she and I both ended up taking our tops off at this, not supposed to be this kind of resort. She's like, yeah, feel my fake boobs. They're, they're amazing. You should feel them. And so I'm feeling her boobs. And then Brandon reaches over like he's testing out a mattress and he's so (laughs) awkward. He's like, he's looking at me. Flat hand. No more than one second. Don't (laughs) just, yep. Real nice. Like I'm testing in a mattress. (laughs) So awkward. I did not know how to do it. I was like, my wife's in here. So, so like, like, that. I was yeah. just gonna I, I was gonna interrupt you for two seconds because <laughs> the first time that this this actually happened to me as well. We were our very first party that we ever went to was in Australia. And the woman, one of the few women that like was there for the meet and greet portion of the meet and greet was like, Yeah, I got brand new boobs, you guys want to feel them? And I was sort of that like honk honk, like I didn't know what to do. I had like I'm just like, I don't know. I've only touched like three of these in my whole life. So this is like I'm really, <laughs> I'm really I, I didn't know yeah. The other weird one is go up from the bottom and just like like how much does it weigh? Like bountiful harvest. Yeah, just the year. worst. Just the worst. They need to touch that in sex ed. Like, how do you yeah. not be a weird when you're touching a boob? Right. Exactly. Well, so, so to clarify this, this conversation, this, this event, uh, you going to the, to the resort next to desire happened before you were married, before the infidelity, before before everything. Yeah. So our whole point there, because I had forgotten about that, but that planted the seed in our mind. So maybe pick up the story. So after our one year anniversary, Mm -hmm. we started to look to do, we started to look at doing a, a, a nudist kind of vacation or whatever. And I was looking on the internet and I came across uh, hedonism. And then I found uh, the young swingers week and uh, awkward me, just like the uh, boob touching incident. I said, Hey, I was looking up uh, vacations and there's this place. You want to look it up? I'm going to go to home Depot. And then I just 86, I just left the house. I was like, I can't believe I just brought this up. <laughs> She's totally going to think I'm a weirdo. And uh, I came back like an hour later after my heart had uh, returned to a normal resting heart rate. And uh, had, she had the book now page up and her, her mouse was hovering over the uh, book now. And she's just like, are we doing this or not? 
because if we don't do it now, we're not going to do it. And I said, uh, sure. And she clicked it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so how we ended up at our first, uh, jump in the just, deep end, I guess. I was like, you just dove right in. <laughs> yeah. So if that was confusing for people, that's how we knew about places like hedonism was that way back ancient vacation where we stayed next to desire adjacent. So we knew they existed. Um, and so when, yeah, after our planned threesome, that was like the first thing that came to mind that, cause we knew about it. Right. And it was something different than how Brandon had approached it in the past. Yeah. Yep. And we were like, we can probably blend into some anonymity there if we want to, like we don't, we wouldn't feel like we have to do anything. And yeah. so how, so how did the trip go? Well, before that, so we're, we're not on any sites and we're not doing anything. So the, the friend that we'd had the plan threesome with, they came to our house for a party and a bunch of people were at our house. We did have a full swap, swap before we went to Hito, but that was oh, my point. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, they stayed over at our house and they texted us from the basement saying, Hey, we're still awake downstairs. If you guys want to come downstairs and hang out. So we went downstairs and. That was our, so at least we'd gotten the full swap out of the way before we went to hedonism. Yeah. And which isn't, which me, isn't a prerequisite. Like, no. Oblivious me was like, why are they texting us to hang out? It's like 1230. Like <laughs> we're all in bed. And she's like, you idiot. Just. <laughs> she, wants, she wants you to patty cake her boob. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so hold on. This is, you, you kind of were glossing over this incident yeah, yeah. like it was nothing, but. This would be the first time that you are now venturing into yeah, sex with another couple that's not another woman that is, I mean, this is another level, um, on, again, on top of everything that you've had in your history. So how, I mean, and you made this spur of the moment decision at 1230 in the morning to go wing it. I mean, how did it go? It went great. Yeah, it went <laughs> It, it went fun. well. I think we did it. Yeah, we've done a lot of the groundwork. So now we have the ability to to wing it. And um, But not at that point. We still didn't really know what we were doing at that point. But it went great. And we went out to brunch the next day and had a great time. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think it sounds like all of you had at least the skills to talk about it afterward and like just not sweep it under the rug. Yeah, we had some comfort with her because we'd been with her and we knew her husband was cool because we had talked to him before before we invited her to come with us. So yeah, there was a level of comfort there. And so you and so you felt like you had the required amount of experience then to go to Jamaica to <laughs> to at least survive. Yeah. We were we didn't have anything that we were like dead set on doing. We're just like we could probably just like make it through this week being around a bunch of naked people. Probably. Probably. So did you survive? We survived. We survived. <laughs> we uh, we got there. Luckily, uh, one of the people there is uh, uh, an owner of a club in Canada. And so he's well-versed um, in the lifestyle. And so he kind of took us under his wing. We met him by accident. Yeah. And then because also... Because he had snow pants on. He was yeah, the right? snow pants guy. Right? <laughs> snow pants really get our, our engines <laughs> ready. <laughs> Uh, and that year, um, Holly and Michael from uh, the Swing Show on Playboy, they were there too, so got to talk with them. And so it was really nice to have like an atmosphere of some experienced people that 
even though you're in a super sexually charged atmosphere, you're still able to like talk about some of the things that are going on and yeah, yeah, or not go zero to sixty. Except we did. Except we went zero to sixty. Yeah, the first the first night we were like we're just gonna hang out and chill out, and then at the end of the night we ended up in like a six eight person pile. Yeah, which was fun. <sighs> Yeah, I think we had a great time and we kind of figured it out, all all the people's relationship styles. And there was one night where we got in a fight and we kind of ghosted on the people we were heading to the playroom with. And this is where I think we discovered our resilience in non-monogamy, right? Because we got into a fight. We were really embarrassed that we ghosted on these people and... So the next morning we were embarrassed. We're like, how are we going to face them? This is really embarrassing. So we decided to just own it and walk up to them and say, oh, sorry about that. We we weren't getting along and we're really sorry about that. And instantly they were like, oh, it happens to everybody. We're so glad you guys are doing well now. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or should we go get a drink? And it was amazing to be around people who were like, oh, one bad event is not relationship ending. It's not relationship damaging even. It's part of part of exploring this. And that's when we were like, okay, yeah, we can do this. These yeah. are our people. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's interesting. There might be people listening that are like, everything for you is like zero to zero to 60. Like you said, like we, <laughs> we showed up, we're just going to hang out and be naked by the pool for a week. And then like the first night you're in an orgy. So like, I think maybe just understanding a little more how you're able to do that because you, it sounds like you've done it repeatedly. Like you, you made the decision at one thirty or twelve thirty in the morning to head down to the basement and go have a full swap situation when you had no prior like groundwork for it. So I, I mean, just I'm trying to understand that a little better would maybe be useful. I think my fundamental philosophy is, we have one life. It's very short. And I never want to do anything just because it's expected of me or just because it's the story I've been sold. So when a choose your own adventure book opens up to a page where it's like, would you like to go down this path that's well trodden? Or would you like to jump off this cliff and see what's at the bottom of it? I'm probably going to jump off. <laughs> Make sure there's water at the bottom, not just. <laughs> he's down. He's down there testing the depth, just, checking for yeah, rocks. And exactly. <laughs> what about you? Uh, it's it's trusting the other person and kind of having this foundation of like this is a person I I trust and they've given me the ability to go and do some things. And I think you had a past guest that talked about. Um, disintegration. And so we, we talked about kind of, instead of just solely being uh, a unit of two, like we're two individual people and we're both trying to help each other get the most out of it. And if we're both being the brakes to each other all of the time, then all we're doing is limiting the other person out of our own fears and insecurities. And, and that's not really fair to them, even if it makes us feel safe. So you have to let go a little bit of like what your stuff is in order to let your partner really live more fully. I think what you, there's a good point you made in there too, is that at the baseline of this is this fundal, fundamental agreement that we can get mad at each other. We can really mess up. Um, we can do something that really hurts the other person accidentally, not on purpose, right? 
And that's not going to end our relationship. So there, there is safety there. Right. And, and I think actually in, that was a lesson from infidelity. Like we can go through something that's really painful and bad and shouldn't have happened. And it's not relationship ending. And that layer of safety makes it a lot easier to, to explore. I think. Yeah. yeah. And to just kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I- you've got somewhere to always come back to so you can leave the nest and it's okay. Yeah. I think something that, and I don't want to paint both of you with like this huge broad brush, but they're going to anyway, (laughs) here it comes (laughs) buckle up. No, um, that, you know, we get emails from people a lot of the times or people describe themselves like I'm the gas, they're the break, you know, I'm the gas, she's the break. I'm the gas, he's the break, whatever the dynamic is. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like in your situation, Sophie's the gas and Brandon, you're not necessarily the break, but you're like, like we can hit the gas, but like let's put our seatbelts on, let's maybe check the yeah. surroundings. Yeah, let's she's do a fifth twenty point. Gear and I'm first gear. I'm like, I'm like, let's. It's rev, a lot of rev, but moving slow. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's fantastic. And I think, but like your sort of approach to it is like, yes, I my instinct says be the break, but my my brain says like I can't always be the break. Like we we have to explore. She needs something that she like, this is something that she needs to try, or I don't want her to be limited because of my breaking and that you found a way for the two of you to like be the gas and the break and explore and keep everybody happy and safe for the most part. Yeah. You have to do your, you have to work, you have to work on your own stuff. And I think a lot of people just focus on like the, the interpersonal dynamic of like what's going on between you. But, um, like what's going on within you is just important if it's, if it's not more important. And I think I would attribute one of that, uh, that for me is like, I, I joined uh, a men's group like two or three years ago, like a non-religious it's, there's no affiliation, but it's just a bunch of guys that like get together and we just have this safe space where we can talk about like things that are bothering us and uh, feelings. And like you create these, this intimacy where you can express kind of what's going on. And as guys, sometimes we have hard time doing that with our partners and we don't have a lot of those non-sexual relationships to really work through that stuff. And I can't expect her to always be my sounding board and to help me deal with my stuff. So that was really helpful for me to, to not have to rely on her to do that work for me. And then also to give me some security around her being her own person as well too. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. And I think it's, it's just so important. So each, if you don't figure out your own shit, it's really going to be hard to figure out your shit together. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then you've got two well, other people at least, yeah. you know, and then it's like their interpersonal shit and then their individual shit. I think that we figured out that's why like the four way dynamic is hard. Cause it's not just, you know, one and one, it's like one, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like eight different things that have to happen. And so it's like Jurassic Park, that giant pile of uh, stegosaurus shit, right? Like <laughs> you get everybody together. It's a big pile. Everybody's of small piles of poop. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so 
I mean, thank you for sharing. And then coming home, you come home from Jamaica, you've now had orgies, you've figured out that you can fight and admit it to other people and that that's a winning strategy, which kudos to you. Mm-hmm. Where, where does this adventure take you to uh, from there? We instantly got on all the sites and realized that hedonism was completely spoiled us for like swinger dating. Oh man, it felt so tedious and hard to meet with people and try to get everybody's expectations on the same page. So we quickly realized we're, we do better when we travel because then it feels like there is a certain expectation and everybody's traveling for the same thing. So we booked hedonism the next year for the same week uh, and, went, and went back and then traveled to we meet went, friends yeah, that we visited met. our friend in Toronto. We made some really good friends in Texas and Arizona. And so, yeah, I would say that like being in an atmosphere where you can, you can naturally be having fun and making friends as opposed to this very, like, let's figure out what restaurant we're going to go to. And, and, uh, you know, especially when you're in your own city, it's like, how much information do you exchange? What level of privacy do you have? Well, you're also trying to build intimacy and you're trying to figure out, you know, do we even like these people over a bowl of chips at Chili's? Like it's well, and and to be fair, right. The vacation swinging is, is sort of cheating in the sense that like, you don't have to like, oh, we're busy that day. You're busy. Oh, we got to get a babysitter. Oh, our, our, we're not feeling like you're at a resort and that's what you're there for. And most of the time you have a few days to like get to know that person before yeah. you make that decision if yeah. you want to. You don't have to. Yeah, you, you can to- sit back and you can see them in action with other people. Like, is this somebody that I even want to be associated with? Like, how do they handle themselves when there's alcohol involved? Like, how do they handle themselves with consent? So, yep. yeah, you get when you're in that atmosphere, it's like, your radar's on all the time. Yeah. You get spoiled. It's helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so to, so taking us to Today. present time, COVID excluded, are you, have you sort of fallen into that? You travel to visit people or you go on vacations and that's sort of your main outlet for meeting other people? We've started to build a community locally too, just accidental meetings or you know, someone will reach out to us on one of the sites that's interesting and then introduce us to their network. So it's like, at least someone has vetted them already. And I have no patience for that, that groundwork. So if someone else has done it, that's <laughs> really She helpful. likes like swinger Yelp reviews. Yeah. She likes a warm <laughs> introduction, a referral, you know, it's like maybe a discount code, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Know. Is there a group rate? One, one free blowjob, whatever it is. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. One trial blowjob. So yeah. We have a, just a couple local people that, you know, we're, we're generally good friends with, but I would say we, we stay in contact with a lot of the people that we went to hedonism with. We got a big chat group, a few friends that we've got scattered around the country that we visited. We zoom game nights and, you know, whatever we're doing to keep our spirits up. Cause we've had, you know, like everybody trips canceled that were rescheduled that are canceled again. And so it's, we're just trying to, yeah, yeah. this is, this is really rough for non-monogamous people and it's, yep. we can't just, you know, scream it out into the, into the real world. Cause 
Yeah. No, no one <laughs> would have sympathy. Like, yeah, no one has sympathy. Oh, you had sex with a bunch of people and now you can't win. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> yeah. Swinger, swinger problems, um, yeah. for sure. <laughs> First world swinger problems, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I only have to have sex with my wife. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We've, we've explored, uh, like, the ideas of solo dating, too, um, and to, to try and shortcut that four-way connection. But uh, COVID has just messed everything up. So that's a possibility. We we have some regular friends that have joined our ranks on occasion. So, you know, we just we just stay open to whatever life is going to bring us and it's kind of nice to not operate under any rules or assumptions of how it has to be. We kind of take everything as it comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is a wonderful way to approach it too. Especially because, like, so much is unexpected, like, this year. <laughs> yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, the locusts will be here in September, so... <laughs> Don't joke. <laughs> um, forward to it. Hey, they had a hurricane in Iowa, so anything can... can there you go. So, so how do you two keep yourself safe? I know that's a big, a big thing that people obviously struggle with, right? We It can be scary. You're, you're introducing potentially a lot of new risk. How, how do you two handle that? Yeah, there's lots of risks. Like there's pure sexual safety, right? So for that, we uh, get tested. In a normal world, at least one of us is getting tested every three months. We use your discount code. So Thank you. Stvcheck.com. And we use condoms for penetrative sex. And and where we discuss, you know, barriers or sanitation otherwise. Then there's physical safety. You know, you're if you end up in a room where you don't know everyone, things can can go ugly fast. So we just try to stay communicative between the two of us, or someone all, always knows where we are and who we're with. Um, a, a bailout factor. And yeah, I think we're just trying to set the groundworks for if we do do the individual piece, you know, as a, as much as I like to say, you know, she's a big girl and she can handle herself. You always care about your partner. And so you just want to make sure that, you know, she's safe. And so whether that's, she feels more comfortable sending me your location or having a safe word or, or me meeting whoever she's going to have, or that we're kind of open to whatever makes each other feel safe as we build those systems. And we're, we're better off on our own in the future. Yeah. I think there's like a mental health, emotional safety too, right? Because we taught our relationships a big base for us. So therapy together and separately or our men's groups too. We think that's a really important element of, of safety because that's half your security, at least in this is. Yeah. yeah it's everything leading up to the event. Yeah. Like, like you said, uh, the sex is six seconds you know, to eight hours. <laughs> Six seconds. Come on now. Give me a bad name. No, no, it's uh, it's at least it's 12. As long as it needs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, use the code Brandon for the delay spray. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 ladies. No, no, no. <laughs> so and, okay. okay, I was just gonna say thank you for, for the shout out on STD check and for using the code. And just a, a, a small plug there. Like you use the service, do you love it? Because honestly. This isn't just being a commercial, but like, we really it's like super it. kick ass. Like you show up, you're in and out in like five minutes and, and you, you get, get your, results pretty like, fast in the next day. It's so kick ass. 
And you don't have to have the conversation. Like, luckily, I have a doctor where I can have the conversation. I think she's a little bit interested in this whole idea of the lifestyle. But you don't have to have that conversation with STD check. No one's saying, why are you doing this again? Aren't you married? It's just you get what you need. You get uh, something on your phone that you can show potential partners. Super fast, super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Thank Thank you for, for verifying what we always thought. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so you were going to ask a question before I interrupted you to shamelessly plug well, that one was of a, our affiliates. That was a good plug. But That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obvious. Said, we don't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. No, I'm not right? discriminating. Right? <laughs> uh, so you have shared this with some of your friends, obviously, because you've played with some of them. But have you shared it more than that to other friends and family? Uh, we, it's limited friends. It's really limited. If it were up to me, probably everyone would know. So yeah, I think Sophie, uh, you know, some of those like serial killer shows where you're like the serial killer wanted to get caught. They obviously, they left clues. They returned to the scene of the crime. That's her. Like, I think she secretly wants to blow our life up. And she's just like, oh, I might accidentally send an itinerary to my mom or, you know, something like that. <laughs> and I was like, you did not accidentally do it. So I feel like I'm the break in that regard of just keeping this whole thing together. But so so we're not out officially. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you, but but now when you go to Hito, you book your mom at Sandals yeah, right on the yeah. beach so she can like walk in and say, hey. well that's the secret that's the secret we usually get a group of people together and you walk over to Sandals and you take pictures in front of their boats and their walls and everything like that and it's like now we know if if the boats are a certain way in the background, you know exactly where that picture is being taken from. You can tell if someone's actually at sandals or or not. Posing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. But the yeah, general public wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we yeah, if we said it, it, I don't feel like it's a terrible leap for most people that know us. But there is something about like just the announcement or the fact that it is an official that confirms it that I think would that's a leap we're not ready to make yet. Yeah, sure. that's fair. Sure. How about a blooper? Do you have another mm, question? I do, but I'll wait till after the blooper question. Okay. Okay. Which, which? You don't have to say which. Just share them all. That's fine. <laughs> we got well, when you when you go zero to sixty, sometimes there's a blooper at the end. So <laughs> we call them. Uh, yeah, we call them speed bumps. There's some speed bumps. I have uh, one of my favorite funny stories is uh, at hedonism. We were. Playing with a couple, it, we had a hot tub room, and the other husband and I were still in the hot tub, and Brandon and that guy's wife were inside the room, and I am maybe otherwise engaged, and I start to hear this huge applause and cheersing happening and screaming, and I turn around, and there's a glass-bottom boat tour that's pulled up on the shore and watching everything, and they are cheersing and applauding. And we laugh and we go inside and Brandon and the wife are like, what, what was all that, uh, cheersing about? And we're like, oh, that was for us. We put on a nice show, <laughs> but those, those people on the glass bottom boat tour got a show that they probably did not expect to have that day. Uh, I was going to say those weren't, those weren't, that wasn't a glass bottom boat tour from Hedo. That was 
That was from Sandals or, yeah, one of those family resorts. There's yeah. definitely a lot of people that were having their eyes covered by somebody else. <laughs> look, look through the bottom of the boat, Billy. Yeah, right. Eyes, eyes on the water. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think the only other thing that I can think of is, is so we're also fans of uh, playtime earlier in the day because we realize we're not night owls. Um, I think someone once joked that it's down and dirty by 1030. And so we actually, like, we created an entire playlist that it's titled down and dirty by 1030. And with potential people, like, we'll kind of, we like, hey, we made this fun playlist. Check it out. And it's kind of like this subtle hint of, like, we're not going to be up till 3 a.m. Because then we're wrecked the next day. And uh, so we're playing it in the room. And somehow amongst the rustling, the button gets hit that changes the station. And instead of, like, this really sultry, sexy music, the monkeys come on. <laughs> like that old 60s band. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And we're like, we we lost it. It's yeah. just everybody lost it. And somebody that's sitting next to me was going down on somebody. And uh, she attempted to play his uh, penis like a kazoo. And she hummed hidden to it. <laughs> and uh, we never finished because everybody was laughing so hard that it just it, it killed the mood, but in the best way. And so uh, we still laugh about it today. And we, we send each other the monkeys uh, gifts every three or six months. We'll just get one back or forth that we all get to re- relive it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It, it inspires another blooper on our behalf. But all right, I'll, I'll share it really quick. Why not? We have a similar music blooper. So we're not known for our hip music uh, curation. So before we went to Desire, our last trip uh, back in 2018, I went and downloaded like some songs that I thought would, they were like of a Pandora station that I had listened to, like the same artist. I was like, well, if they made like one or two songs that are like sexy, they must all be sexy. We didn't make a mistake. So I didn't, so I didn't listen to them all. I was just like, yeah, I'll throw them on the playlist. And then we were in a, let's call it a group situation. There was (laughs) eight to 10 people in the room ish. And the playlist was going and we weren't paying attention, but two of our really good friends were kind of like on the outskirts watching everything. And they like started laughing so hard that they had to leave and they like just left because they couldn't be there anymore. And apparently one of the songs, they described it as whale, whale noises. It was just whale songs. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like purely whale noises, but they, they couldn't handle it. So they had to leave. And now every time. Were you playing like the song from the ASPCA commercials? (laughs) the arms of an angel yeah exactly (laughs) i'm picturing finding nemo dory going yes that's what it was was transcendental it was very like soothing no but we have since listened to that song and it was definitely a whale 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 i think they were the only ones who got it because they weren't in the throes of they were they were listening no one else was listening to the music Anyway, we just have to you keep that one in there and you have to use that as a litmus test because yeah, right. when it comes on, now you get to see what your partners or you know partner how they respond. And so I think throwing those little surprises in is what keeps it from being super serious. And if they can yeah. laugh in the middle of sex, like that's that's our best 
times that we've had is when there's something funny that happens and we all laugh and yeah, that's way better than like serious. Yeah. Super yeah. serious. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, we sure. couldn't agree more on that for sure. Um, I know we're getting kind of close to, to the hour mark here, but I, I had a couple of other questions because I think, you know, hearing your trajectory has been, there's been some trauma in there. There's been some uncertainty and I guess maybe just hearing like how you two have seen your relationship grow grow and change, you know, for the better in the last three years since it was official. But, yeah. you know, even before that. I think a major thing for us that we learned keeping the peace in a relationship does not mean your rela- relationship is doing well. Uh, there's this tendency to want to avoid conflict or avoid fighting or avoid sharing something you know might be uncomfortable. And we were both miserable when we were in peacekeeping mode. And so we are so much more honest and open with each other and learning to live with just a little bit of uncomfortableness has enabled us to connect to each other on a deeper level. It's more fun. Um, And you never feel like you're walking on eggshells around your partner. So that sort of deep level of honesty and acceptance, I think is beautiful in our relationship. Well, it's not only the honesty, but it's being able to hear what the other person says. And a lot of times like in a partnership, at least for me personally, it was when she would say something was bothering her, I would make it about me and I would take ownership. So if she's upset, it's obviously something that I am either doing or it's something that I can fix. And that's a little bit of like the, the, the guy side of things is like, I'm just, I'm going to fix it. So if she's sad, I'm going to fix it. If she's happy, I'm obviously doing some good. Let's just keep the status quo. And so it's both allowing her to feel what she's feeling and having it be okay. And me not trying to fix it. And from my end is recognizing that she can have all of these feelings and issues. And it's not necessarily about me and a reflection of my worth as a person and a partner. So that's really allowed us to both, yeah, to, to be able to speak and to be able to feel like we're both heard. Yeah. No, that's super sage advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm over here listening and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) we all need to. And she's elbowing me. Yeah, exactly. Like listen listen to this asshole. (laughs) But we fight, we fight. So sometimes we look at some of our friends and we're like, oh, they don't seem to have any conflict. What's going on there? And, and this is not a knock against any of our friends or anyone living this way, but a lot of it is because they've got a script to follow, right? There's a societal script. They're doing what society says is easy and normal. And yeah. there's not a lot of conflict keep on that the, Keep the peace. Happy wife, happy life. Just shut up if things are going well. Like, eh, like, I don't know. Average, average is, who's like, who aspires to be average? I don't know. That just doesn't seem very fun. To Where's me. the excitement in that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of it, that, maybe the, the, the last question I had was, is there something that either of you or what are some of the things that either of you are really looking forward to and excited to do that you haven't gotten to explore yet? Hmm. I feel like that's, we've done a pretty good job of checking off our fuck it list already. Yeah. Uh, I would say one and the pandemic has messed with this a little bit, but I was 
looking forward, you know, you hear a lot about a gangbang where there's a single female and lots of males. And I was kind of hoping to plan the reverse for him at Hito this year, where it's like every, you know, high school guy's dream of one dude and lots of women and places like hedonism and desire are cool places to organize those kinds of things. So that's on my, on my future fantasy list. <laughs> Use code Brandon for delay spray. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just spray it all over my body. Just, uh, I think the other the thing. We were, yeah, exactly. Whole body delay spray. New sponsor. First, we need to invent the product though. Um, I think, the other thing we're talking about is is along the lines of disintegration is being able to more pursue uh, things on our own and to be able to find the things that we're really liking without having to worry so much about a partner and and you know dealing with that energy and maybe the four way connection or three way connection. It's like we can just kind of do our own thing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So perfect. Well. Thank you for sharing that and yeah. and for sharing everything. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you have to get out there before we let you head over and get your snow pants on? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, I would say anyone that's like thinking about putting a toe in, think about getting into a pool, right? Sometimes if you put a toe in or you get up to where it starts to get really uncomfortable, like it takes a long time and there's a lot more agony getting slowly into the pool than just jumping in the pool. So sometimes you can overthink things and we are pretty analytical and we're in danger of overthinking things sometimes. But what we found works for us is just jumping in the pool. And if you are, if you know, you know how to swim, just jump in the pool and you have a lot less uh, agony to deal with on the way in. So well, you careful can always when you're, get out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can always get back out of the pool. Be careful when your over analysis gets to like real hesitation. Um, that would be my only advice because there was a moment when we were ready to book keto where we could have thought about that decision for another year, but we've had so much fun in that time because we didn't over agonize. Ready, fire, aim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I can put in three words, ready, fire, aim. Perfect. Well, another tagline. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you both for sharing and for the laughs. It's yeah. been, it's been a delight chatting with you and, and getting to know you and, you know, not to ruin it, but we, we chatted with you briefly last night at our meet and greet. So another shameless, yeah. but you guys are like walking sponsors for everything that we stand for. <laughs> yeah. Do you want us to plug that right now? If, if you are thinking about joining one of these meet and greets, do it. There is a huge uh, diversity of people on those shows. So, you know, there were people alone. There were people that were partnered. That were people experienced in non-monogamy. There were people that were thinking about thinking about it every level. So a lot of fun, fun questions. Um, you know, it's it's Zoom and, and virtual, so really low risk. There's no expectation. So if it's you're like thinking about joining pool. one of those. Yeah, it's the kiddie pool. Jump with, right in. With arm floaties, even. <laughs> <laughs> so you you don't have to like sit there and try to think of stuff to say like they give you questions to talk about and so it was it's not only nice to get uh, a lot of different perspectives but if, yeah if you're new like you'll see people who 
there's definitely people that have been through whatever you're worried about or whatever you're, you know, coming up against. Cause I think a lot of us deal with the same issues and the same problems. And so there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. learn from somebody else. Yeah. Well, learn thank from you our for, mistakes. Yeah. yeah learn from their mistakes. <laughs> well, thank, <laughs> thank you, you for that. We seriously appreciate it. And and we have, I mean, we have a blast with them as well. Like we it's, do. it's so yeah. fun meeting all of you and, and having that chance to talk. And I know it's all virtual, but it's better than not doing it. So uh, it's fun to meet everyone. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for everything. And it was wonderful getting to know you two better. And hopefully this isn't the last time we see your faces. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for everything you guys do. We certainly listen to your podcast nonstop as we are getting into this. So thank you for, for your part in our journey. Uh, Happy to do it. So thank you. And it doesn't exist without people like you. So that's the last shameless plug to come on, (laughs) to come on the show. If you're even thinking about it, because everybody's story helps somebody. Yeah, no, it for sure does. And thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll be in touch. You too. And we're back. Thank you so much to Sophie and Brandon for reaching out to us, coming on the show, being vulnerable, and dropping all those truth bombs. I like to call them truth bombs. You like truth bombs? Yeah, we've done this this, this outro three times. And And I keep using that term. (laughs) So they must be seriously truth bombastic. Yeah, sure. I like that too. Again, thank you, Sophie and Brandon. And thank you for plugging some of the things that we promote on the show. Uh, They were, anyone listening, they were not paid to promote those things. So (laughs) so that was just out of the kindness of their heart and that they actually use STD check and actually came to the meet and greet. Yes, so it's encouraging. It is. So thank you for that. And for any of the other things that were mentioned, some of the other resorts or services that they've talked about, you can find all of the information that they discussed, plus all of our previous guests' um, resources will be in the show notes, which you can find at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click, click on the podcast tab. Tab. <laughs> I was going to say page, but tab. It's also a page. So, yes. Yes, so everything that we ever talk about on the show is there, plus pictures of a lot of our guests and anything else that seems exciting we throw in there. Yes, you can also contact us on our website. Go and leave us a voicemail or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you want to come on the show or if you have any questions, please reach out to us. And one final thank you to our sponsor today, Alt Playground. Again, if you are looking to meet open-minded, non-monogamous uh, exploring type people. Go we, check it out. We recommend altplayground.net. You can get there through our website or straight to their website. And again, our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com, just in case you forgot. Just in case. <laughs> I don't know how they could forget. They'll probably fall asleep hearing you say that. I again. know. It does have a ring to it once you say it enough, though. Yeah, and it's super short. Yeah. Well, t- to be clear, you could also do nnmpodcast.com. Or you could just click in the links in your podcast player. That would be the, even easier. Next week, let's stop rambling because we have an interview next week soon. We have an interview with Marie, and this one, super powerful. Again, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's almost like people sharing their stories is powerful stuff. Yeah. Thank you to Marie. Thank you to... Sophie and Brandon. To Sophie and Brandon. Did you almost figure out who, who no. you're talking about? No. <laughs> I didn't. I'm going to edit that space out there where I didn't seem to remember so no one will know. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. And thank you to everybody for listening, for being a part of the Patreon community, for potentially joining it, and for being amazing people in the world and wearing masks so we can be done with this virus sooner. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Thank and you, thank you. Go have a wonderful Sunday, Wednesday. It's Sunday here. It's Wednesday for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>